Hey friends, Steven here. I've got a new follow-up episode for you today. This is a bonus episode that is available right now for patrons who support the Nugget Climbing Podcast on patreon.com. I'll talk more about that in a second. My follow-up today is with Matt Fultz. Matt is absolutely crushing it right now. I've had him on the show before. He was in episode 39 and we talked about his send of Hypnotized Minds V16. He's sent four additional V16s in the last couple of years and he's at the top of his game and it was super fun to catch up with Matt. I was really curious with Matt to geek out about training for really small holds. Matt is a really strong muscular climber and has climbed two of the hardest crimp boulders in the world. And I was really curious to hear how he goes about his training, what types of hangboarding exercises he does, what types of climbing training he does to get his fingers strong enough to climb on tiny, tiny crimps on things like hypnotized mines and brace for the cure, which is Matt's most recent V16 first ascent up in Rocky Mountain National Park. So that's what we geeked out about in this conversation. We talked about what he's been up to in the last couple of years since our last conversation, why he thinks the spray wall is the gold standard for training and how he uses it in his go-to sessions on the spray wall for himself and that he recommends for his clients. We talked about takeaways from his finger injury last year and what he learned from that. We talked about how he incorporates hangboarding and using no hang implements into his week favorite hangboard and no hang protocols to get his fingers strong, why he does most of his finger training on 20 mil edges, pretty big edges relative to some of the holds that he's climbing on and why he rarely trains on holds smaller than 10 millimeters. That was super interesting and I found it really helpful for myself in guiding my training moving forward. So that's what you can expect if you sign up for Patreon and listen to the full episode. The full version is a little over an hour. And I'm going to give you about 20 minutes of the conversation in today's teaser so you can get a taste. If you want to listen to the full thing, you can become a patron right now by going to patreon.com slash the nugget climbing. There's a link right there in your podcast app. It just takes a few minutes to sign up. You can browse around, check out the different tiers and perks and sign up for the tier of your choice to support the show. And I want to say this, if you do sign up for Patreon, you will get access to a link that you can plug into Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app, and you will get a patron-only version of the Nugget Climbing Podcast right there in your podcast app. So for five bucks a month, you'll get access to ad-free episodes. For every episode, you'll get access to the full versions of every follow-up. All of it's going to be right there in one place in your podcast app. All right. And with that, I hope you enjoy this free teaser of my follow-up with Matt Foltz. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you, Steven? I'm good. Um, I'm sitting here with sweaty hands because I was just watching your video of you climbing Grand Illusion and Creature oh. from the Black Lagoon. And you're, you did Grand Illusion last June, late June. It was like 93 degrees in Salt Lake. And I'm just like sitting here with sweaty hands just watching you <laughs> try that thing. <laughs> but yeah, man, finally watched that video. It was cool to see. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, the the Grand Illusion, um, it's not super fair because I went out there, it's about midnight, um, and it's a little bit higher elevation as well. And we had two big-ass fans blowing air into the cave. And it's kind of 
you know, kind of a sport climb. It's 20 plus moves. So you can do well on it even when it's a little bit warmer. So all those things were stacked in my favor, but still it would have been nice if it was a little colder. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Way to persevere though. I remember following that when you were trying it and it was just like, damn, he's still out there. He's still out there trying this thing. But yeah, everything that you just shared makes total sense. I'm just uh, glad it worked out for you. Yeah, they do. But yeah, it's uh, it's good to see you again. It's been quite a while since we've talked, and I'm excited to just follow up with you. Um, I've got a, a handful of questions in front of me around some of your recent climbs and some of the things that I'm always curious about. Um, but sure. first things first, how you been? It's been about two years, I think, since we did one of these. Yeah, things have been great. Um, yeah, Haley and I are doing well. We're traveling around in an RV, so kind of bouncing place to place, which is... Uh, what I like to be doing, and um, we're uh, doing OTG, the training company that uh, my wife Haley and I own, and that's doing uh, really well. Uh, we're loving our clients, and uh, we're seeing some good progress, so enjoying that. And then, yeah, just kind of living on the road. We're in Boise, Idaho right now, training for the rest of the month, and then we'll be on our way again. Okay. Yeah, it seems like that's become a little bit of a home base for you guys. Do you have family there? Yep. We have family here and uh, a little home wall uh, to train on. And then I like to climb at the Vertical View gym uh, that's just a, a few minutes away from here. Okay. Well. Nice. So, that yeah, that's that's fun to hear that because last time we talked, you were considering buying an RV. I think you were shopping for one considering van life. And we had joked about you guys getting a toy hauler and putting a moon board in the back. Um, (laughs) Um, But yeah, tell me how it's been. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, I, I mean, I know I've lived on the road for two and a half years now and it's amazing, but there's like the daydream version of it. And then there's like the reality version of it, which is amazing, but also challenging in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, yeah, how's it been? What have been some of the the great things, the challenging things, um, things you didn't expect with moving into an RV and living a more like nomadic, climbing centric lifestyle? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the great things are obviously uh, problems like Grand Illusion just take me forever, and that's that was kind of the realization I had when we decided to buy an RV. Is like, well, on these limit boulders, I feel like I need to like move there because. <laughs> they you know I, I i'm one where i have to figure out all the little intricacies first and then i want to start putting it together and 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 it really is a process you know i've i've done problems that have taken multiple you know double digit days to send and so that that starts to really add up if you're staying in a hotel or an airbnb or like you know it's going to add up on your body for camping um mm, yeah wanted like a nice location to live in you know with a little with a kitchen a bathroom take a shower and everything you know just kind of live there uh while i'm going through that process so that uh was helpful i was able to to finish off a few things um that i wouldn't normally be able to i think you know and 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 live somewhere uh with little or no pressure to okay well should we extend our trip should i you know extend my plane tickets that kind of thing. So uh, that's been nice. But yeah, definitely plenty of unexpected challenges in there as well. 
we were staying at a friend's we so we were parked at a friend's in a friend's yard and we have a, a tank the black tank or the brown tank like the gross tank that you dump and then we transport it to the closest dump station and unload it and one time i was doing it and Haley was out working out or something and so i was by myself to look to load it into the car and i was like should i should wait for Haley? uh i'm 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 a big strong man i can do this by myself oh so no I half of it went down to pick it up and started you know squatting up and uh the lid i wasn't paying attention and the lid flipped off and had the brown tank dumped all over me oh man <laughs> friend's yard and yeah of course i freaked out stripped me down and immediately took a shower <laughs> but that was like probably the worst case scenario that could ever happen hopefully you know, yeah God would. hopefully yeah but yeah at that point i was like i don't know if this is for me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man that's a that's a true low moment in mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. rv living for sure yeah <laughs> Uh, something else that's been hard uh, is I got injured last uh, August, a year a year ago now, and we were just in an RV that we were just there for for climbing. You know, there was not really an, any other reason to be out and on the road, and so we came back and we parked in um, Haley's sister's driveway and just lived in the RV, but kind of at, at a house while I was going through the finger recovery Mm. that's another tough part is if you somehow have that climbing taken away temporarily uh like with a finger injury then you're just kind of in the rv (laughs) you don't really face and yeah so that was kind of a tricky part as well totally yeah yeah i can imagine i mean i've Knock on wood, I've I've thankfully not had any major injuries since moving into the van. But I mean, those are hard enough to go through when you have a house and community and and uh, roommates and friends and things around you. And so I imagine that's so much harder when you've taken that step to build your life around rock climbing. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and I mean the the van life thing, like that's something that I hadn't really thought about too much, and that I don't think many people think about when they're romanticizing is that it's like the ultimate freedom that you have until something goes wrong and then it completely flips it's like a 180 like if your rv god forbid if it breaks down you know all of a sudden you're you don't have a car and you don't have a house and you're just kind of stuck you know hoping that a random mechanic somewhere that you found on the road can can fix things for you yep yeah and then that's your day or your week yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) what um so so it's cool it's it's interesting that you have this like home base in in Boise and it's interesting because I'm in a co-working space right now in Estes Park I'm actually like talking to you from this cool little podcast booth thing and it's been so nice to have just a little bit more routine and stability like to have a building that I can you know rent a desk from and have a locker and have showers and just all these little comforts that kind of ground me and i've been realizing like i need more of that i need to to balance my road life with more of that um throughout the year just kind of have seasons with a little bit more stability built in so i'm curious especially i i think i'm thinking more of 
uh, Haley or your relationship with Haley in this regard, because she's not a climber. So, you know, in a sense, she's being like dragged along on the road. I'm sure she enjoys it too. But what have been some things that you guys have found that have um, been necessary as far as trying to find balance, stay a little bit more grounded and balance some of that travel out with, uh, with other things? Sure. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we go on our trips for a while. We'll, we'll be somewhere for, uh, several weeks, uh, you know, months, six weeks, something like that. And so we can establish a pretty good routine in that way. So, uh, you know, and we have our places, the places that we enjoy staying, you know, we know where we're going to be staying when we're in Las Vegas or Joe's Valley or here when we're in Boise and then, uh, we can kind of settle into, um, our little routines. So, you know, and, and, and then with work on top, cause we're, I, I'm not just a climber. I, I, you know, I'm a business owner. And so we have to have routines, you know, we've, we've got office hours and, you know, so we know which coffee, coffee shops we like to go to and hang out for a couple hours while we do some work. And, uh, you know, we, we know which grocery stores we like. Um, and then we know the gyms that we enjoy. Uh, cause I, Honestly, Haley works out at the gym more than I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she doesn't climb a whole lot, but uh, yeah, she's on her own fitness journey. That's inspiring to me. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's cool to hear. I mean, that's that's kind of a it's a funny thing to say. That's like a that was a realization for me, but it kind of was. Like, I moved into the van and finally had all this freedom to rock climb. And it took a long time to kind of realize, like, I can still choose to go to the gym if I want to. You know, I can get a membership and have chunks of time where I'm training more. And that, for me, feels like a really necessary and really helpful kind of mental recharge, you know, to take the pressure off of sending and just know that I'm investing in myself and my future. Um, yeah. So what does that look like for you? I mean, you have this home wall back in Boise. Do you intentionally seek out training gym situations throughout the year as well yeah it, it is a tricky balance um <clears throat> most of the time we come back to boise uh for a cycle so usually what it looks like is uh, i'll have a goal in mind and we'll leave for a month or six weeks um try that problem and then we'll make our way back to boise you know we where we can start the rv um and then i'll be training on that home wall or uh, at the gym, and that's the main focus. Um, last year, we uh, in the winter time, because there's there's great outdoor bouldering in, in Boise in the winter. Um, we just stayed here all winter, and uh, I kind of had a little nonlinear training setup where I have a, a training day or two, rest day, and then an outdoor project day, and I kind of just repeated that cycle for like three months. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's really helpful. I want to dig into some training questions that I've had come up for me with you specifically thinking about you and looking at what you've been up to over the past couple of years. And yeah, man, I, for, I, I haven't said this yet. I just want to congratulate you on the last couple of years because last time we talked, it was literally the morning after you sent Hypnotized Minds. You'd been out, yeah, you'd been out super late and got that thing done. And then we talked the next morning and now you've done four more V16s. Um, 2021 was awesome. You did a couple, you did three of them, Creature from the Black Lagoon and Grand Illusion and Sleepwalker. I think I got the order flipped around on those. 
Um, and then, yeah, and then most recently Brace for the Cure. And I know you had some injuries mixed in there too. And I mean, specifically, so last time we talked, I had never been to Colorado. This was two years ago. And then last summer I came out here and spent the whole summer here. And I spent a lot of time at the Veritas Boulder because I ended up uh, working on and doing Veritas Low. And so I was like looking at and f- sometimes feeling those hypnotized minds holds like every day, you know, just like staring at this thing. And it's just so crazy to see how small they are. And then I know that you recently did the first ascent of Brace for the Cure up at the Jade Boulder, uh, the Green 45 and Upper Chaos. And I had one day up there before that rock slide and before things closed. Um, I was psyched to try Wildcat this this summer. And unfortunately, that's on pause. But it was just cool to be back up there and I looked at Creature and I looked at the I looked at the Jade Boulder and that was when I connected that that's what you had done was like a different variation of Jade. And just to what I'm getting at is like to to know that you've climbed these really hard things is one thing, but then to see them and spend time right in front of them like feeling the holds, looking at the holds, like seeing how small they are. Man, it just like hit on a different level. Like to know that you or this strong, like muscular looking dude who's able to hold on to these things. I'm just like, damn, it, it's so inspiring to me because I've gone through my own weight journey. A lot of people listening will will know that, but you know, I climbed at Smith Rock for a long time and was, you know, got myself down to like 140 pounds thinking that was going to be the secret to success. And now I'm 170 and feeling a lot healthier. It, t- it took a long time to for that whole journey to... Um, uh, to to kind of come back around in a really positive way. But now I feel healthy and strong and the finger strength is coming back. But the one thing that I still really struggle with is just cranking on those small holds. You know, I was a lot, you know, quote, stronger at that when I was really light. But I see you, I like see these climbs and know that you've done them and watch your videos and stuff. And I'm just like, yes, it's possible. And I've got to talk to Matt again because I want to know how how he does that. Like, I think in particular, one thing I'm excited to dig into in this conversation is small hold training specifically. You know, we talked about uh, some of your finger training in the last conversation and using using grip implements like the tension block to pick weight up off the floor. I know you're, I know you're a fan of that over spending more time hanging. But yeah, specifically, I wonder if you have any tips for someone like me. Um, this can be for for bigger climbers that just don't think they're built for the crimpy climbs, you know, like you're proving you're an inspiration for all of us and you're proving that it's possible. So I'm curious if you have any tips for getting strong on the small holds. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for the kind words. Uh, first of all, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I always think that you're going to be good at what makes you psyched because that's what, that's what I'm naturally drawn to. Um, are crimpier boulders. Um, and I think that that kind of goes back to when I started climbing, uh, the climbers that I really looked up to were really good crimpers. And so I didn't have, you know, the notion that you had to be small, uh, to grab little crimps. Um, I just wanted to be like that. Who were some of those people for you? Yeah. Daniel Woods, uh, it's a big one and Dave Graham. Yeah. Two really big inspirations for me. I just thought they, they could grab any, anything and yard off of it. And, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to be the same way. So I would, you know, pick out, try and pick out the smallest holds that I could hang or the, you know, the smallest holds that I could get off the ground on and, 
and uh, take it from there. So, um, yeah, first of all, I think that's that's kind of where that like love for crimps came from for me. And so, yeah, that's what is attractive to me is grabbing really small holds and, and trying to do hard moves off of them. Um, secondly, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we always say strength comes first, you know, and we try and preach uh, the, the importance of being strong and the importance of uh, longevity as well. So sometimes maybe having a little extra uh, weight on your frame is going to be helpful to a certain degree, you know, so sometimes we'll, we'll look at a client's tests or their body fat percentage or something. We'll be like, okay, well, maybe we'll need to be on a plan to, to try and decrease that. Um, but yeah, typically we're, you know, strength forward. And I really do believe that if your body composition is, is the right way, it doesn't matter too much what you weigh. If you're healthy and you've got healthy, strong tendons, that's going to serve you more than it holds you back. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a super positive and empowering message. Um, yeah, I'm curious about your own finger training. I know you spend a tremendous amount of time, I mean, first off on rock, like that's probably important to emphasize is that you've done these V16s in the last couple of years, but you've done tons of other hard boulders like the 13 and up and and many more than that. Um, so that's the first thing. You spend a ton of time rock climbing, seeking out crimpy boulders and stuff. You also spend a ton of time on spray walls and boards and things like that. Where do you think, like, what would you attribute this ability to, to climb some of the, on some of the smallest holds in the world to? Like, is it, do you think most of that comes from the type of climbing you seek out or would you credit any of it to like a specific, I'm curious if you have any like specific protocol or approach to training little crimps with the fingerboarding or with the tension block or things like that. Like, yeah. What comes to mind for you when I, when I ask that? Yeah. So as far as training goes, the spray wall is top tier. Uh, That's the gold standard. As far as I'm concerned, um, you know, I, I probably 80%, maybe 75% of my training is just on the spray wall, you know, tension board, uh, moon board, kilter board, uh, whichever you prefer. That's where I think most of your time, if you're an outdoor performance boulderer, most of your time should probably be on the board. Uh, and what I like to do, and there, there's plenty of ways to do it, but I, what I like to do and what I like encourage clients to do is come up with a concept. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that free teaser. If you want to listen to the full version, it's one hour and four minutes and 24 seconds. And it was packed full of nuggets the whole time. I really enjoyed this conversation with Matt. And if you want to listen to the full thing, you're going to have to pay for it because I can't give everything away for free. I do have to make a living doing this somehow. And yeah, if you sign up for Patreon, you're getting ad-free episodes, you're getting follow-ups, but what you are really doing and what is most important is you are supporting the Nugget Climbing Podcast. I couldn't do it without you guys. It makes all the difference in the world to me, and I really appreciate your support. If you want to sign up, head over to patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. There's a link right there in your podcast app. It just takes a few minutes to sign up. You'll get instant access to everything, and you can cancel at any time, no questions asked.
All right. Thank you guys. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Best of luck with your finger training and spray wall climbing. And we'll see you next time. Like we do it.